So uh, I've told the story before how in 2012, when I was between jobs, I had the opportunity to hike the North-South Trail in Rhode Island. I, I've shared that before. The North-South Trail is a trail that goes from like our area, like near Westerly, Rhode Island, all the way up to the northwest corner of, of, of Rhode Island, Burrowville, which is interesting in and of itself that I'm moving from Westerly up to Burrowville. So but about eight years ago or so, I had the opportunity to hike it. And I did it the other way. I went from Burrowville, the top northwest corner of Rhode Island in Burrowville, down to the beach. It's about 77 miles, I think, in total. And uh, I did it in like three plus days, which is pretty cool. You know, that was a really neat accomplishment. And um, it was an amazing experience. You know, I, I had my backpack. You know, I'm, I'm normally not very manly, you know, but that was manly. You know, I had my backpack, you know, and hiked, you know, and after like 12 miles the first day and I got tired, I, I found like, a, I remember like this lake or a pond or something like that. It was beautiful. It was a gorgeous lake and there were beavers, you know, in the water and I set up my tent, you know, and I don't get these manly opportunities very much, you know, I'm quite feminine actually. No. Um, so, I, so I set up my tent and I lit a fire, you know, and took my bottle, empty bottle of water and I filled it up from the pond. It was yellow from all that beaver piss and I boiled it and I guzzled it down. <laughs> Chopped wood, you know, manly. Got up the next morning, kept going, and it was, I was about halfway through the hike, and then the, the real Brian kind of showed himself, and I'll explain. So I was about halfway through the hike, I was on a road, and I was a little tired, so there were some woods over here on the right side of the road, so I decided to duck into the woods, um, off trail a little bit, and just relax. And I went into the woods, and I sat down on a log, and I ate my granola and peanuts. You know, things you carry around with you when you're hiking long distance because you don't want heavy stuff in your backpack. And I had a little nourishment, had a little water. And I eventually, after 20 minutes, got off the log, and I went back to the road. And as I'm walking towards the road, I realized... The road is not there. I apparently got turned around somewhere in the woods. The road was not there. And it was before the days, at least before I had this handy-dandy GPS on my phone and map app to tell me exactly where I was and where I needed to go. So I did what any manly person would do in the situation that I was in. Help! See, that's the real Brian coming out. I started screaming like a little scared kid. Help me! The funny thing is, if I think back, this is, this is not Maine. This is Rhode Island. The whole woods was probably like an eighth of a mile around. I, was, I could have walked in any direction probably and hit a road in like 10 minutes. Okay. 
I mean, you know, it's not like I was up in Vermont or something like that, you know, where there's a lot of woods or something like that. So I'm screaming like a little baby. So I decided to just walk around. I just figured I'm going to die there, and that's it. You know, I'm, I'm, the hike is done. I'm just going to die. Um, but all of a sudden, I saw in the woods a, a little stone wall. Now, these things are around in Rhode Island, these, these walls, these boundary markers. I don't know when they were created. It might have been a long time ago, recently. I have no idea. Hundreds of years ago, no idea. It was a little stone wall. But it made me realize that although I was lost, I was not the first person to get to this point. People have been here before. And that gave me encouragement. So I followed this wall. I figured, let me just follow it. It must go somewhere. So I followed the wall. And it eventually led me to the road. And then I continued on my journey. Thankful that although I was lost, and although I was frightened because I was lost, I was encouraged and blessed that somebody in the past walked that path before me and laid a marker that I could find my way back from. Today, I want to talk about the times that we get lost and the times that we are found. So the lost and found chapter in the New Testament, the Brit Chadashah, the New Testament is Luke 15, um, where Yeshua gives three parables, three answers to a Pharisaic challenge. Why are you eating with sinners? Why are you fellowshipping with sinners? The Pharisees said. It was actually sinners and tax collectors. The, the King James calls them publicans. These days, some people would say, why are you eating with sinners and Republicans? But that's not what it means. Right, Bob? Yep. Right, yes. Okay. It's the lost and found chapter. It's actually the chapter where that beautiful, famous song or hymn in Christianity uh, gets its line, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Luke 15. So when the Pharisees challenged Yeshua said, why are you with sinners? He responded, like I said, with three parables. And each of these parables can speak about the experience of being lost from three different perspectives. The first parable is the parable of the lost sheep, where the one sheep just kind of gets away. And as I was reading that, I realized something about this lost sheep. Sheep, if they get lost, it's not intentional. They just get lost. Susie and I are, are pet owners. We have cats. We've always had many cats. And if Susie has her druthers, once we get into the new home, we will have cats as well as a dog. <laughs> It just means more babysitting for Elaine. That's, just, that's all it means when we're away. But um, we've always had 
pets. And being a pet owner, we've experienced what other pet owners all, uh, sh perhaps have experienced, which is when your pet gets out. And we've had times when our cats have gotten out of the house. It wasn't their fault. They didn't mean to leave the house. The sheep doesn't mean to leave the pen. It, there was just an open door. And the sheep, or our cats, just innocently goes through the door. And what happens sometimes with us, with people, with sheep, with pets, and with us, sometimes we just get lost. It has nothing to do with sin. It's not a sin to be a Republican. Sometimes, I'm going to pull that back, it's sometimes we just get lost. And it's no fault of anybody. Amen. We just lose our way. And what happens with our pets when they go out, you know, they, they go through the door. It's not their fault. They go through the door, and all of a sudden they see a tree there that they've never seen before. So they, they, they want to go and check out the tree. And then there's a bush over here that they've never seen before. So they go check out the bush. bush. And then there's, never, there's a house over here that they've never seen before. So they go check out the house. And before they even lift up their head again, they real, they, all this, they're lost. And they can't find their way back. This is what happens with the sheep. In the parable of the sheep that left the 99, the sheep didn't sin. It just got lost. It went through an open door and just started to walk around. And before the sheep knew it, it was far away. That is one way we get lost. We don't mean to. We just went through a door, innocently, didn't think anything of it, made some turns, innocently, and all of a sudden, we find ourselves away from our shepherd and away from our home, and we're seeking ways back. It's not an issue of sin. It's just we made some bad decisions, innocently, and we get lost. The other parable is the opposite. It's the parable of the uh, prodigal son, where this son made intentional decisions, asked the father for his inheritance early, went and squandered it on a licentious, that's a new vocabulary word for me, licentious lifestyle, a sordid lifestyle, that's another vocabulary word for me, an immoral improper, impure lifestyle, squandered it all away. It was intentional. And it's interesting that the first one, he that was sought out, the, the, the shepherd sought out the lost. In the second one, where the son went out with the money and intentionally led a sinful life. So in that parable, that second parable, who does the father represent? God. But it's interesting that the father let him go. The father let him go. You know, sometimes when people have to go get lost, if sometimes people want to make bad decisions, sometimes the best thing we can do, sometimes the most godly thing we can do is let them. Sometimes these things just have to run their course. Sometimes we try to control people 
And really, God just needs them to just go and experience this hell, this experience of being lost, so they can eventually be found. And sometimes, like in our best efforts, we, we try to hold them back from doing something that we see as dangerous or devastating. Families and friends of addicts know this very, very well. Sometimes you just got to let them do their thing. And you got to let them go and experience it themselves. See, I grew up in a household where my mother, God bless her, is very controlling. And even now, as a 51-year-old man and her as a 79-year-old woman, she, if she had the ability to control every inch of my life, she still would. But certain things, yeah. But certain things, we just have to experience ourselves. If we're going <laughs> to get, if we need to go and do that, if somebody you know needs to go do sometimes we just need to let them go. And let them come back to the Father. Sometimes that is the most godly, fatherly thing we can do. And then the third example that he uses of who is lost is, is, is a parable of a lost coin. Now that almost seems ridiculous. Like, you know, like we read that because we think of coins. We think of like, all right, you lost your nickel and like you're going to get all upset about it? Like the woman who lost her coin, if, you know, if it was like a coin that we know, it's like, a, what is it, a quarter? Or a nickel, like, people would be like, lady, be quiet. It's not that big. You want a nickel? Here, here's a nickel. Okay? But the coin in this parable was actually a day's wage. So imagine if you lost your paycheck. That would be a little bit more challenging. But that's another example of getting lost. But which is lost in this parable? It's the coin itself. So think about it from the perspective of the coin. It, in that parable, it was still in the house. But it was lost. And that's another way that we get lost. We're in the house still. We're here. We didn't leave the sheep pen. We didn't leave anything. But we feel lost. And if you think about it from the perspective of the coin, watching the owner go out and about here and there, like the coin is like, I'm right here. Don't you see me? That's another lost. And many of us, I believe, feel that way. We're here. We're in the house. But we're like, I'm here. Do you see me? Does anybody even see me? Three examples of being lost. One was you just made some tough decisions and went here and there, probably with good intentions, and you found yourself in a place where your life turned in a negative way, maybe your relationships turned in a negative way, or you're, you're involved in relationships you shouldn't be, or maybe you're involved in circumstances you shouldn't be, and you didn't mean to go away, but just life brought you there, and you need to be found again by the shepherd. The other example of being lost is that when you intentionally go out and live an immoral life. And the third example is that you didn't leave anything. You're still in the house, yet you feel lost. I want to speak about feeling lost and being found when you're lost. So when I was lost in the woods, there was a wall, a stone wall, that was built by somebody in the past. 
that was there for me as a guidepost. In this Torah portion, we see that Isaac, Yitzchak, was on a little journey, and he encountered wells that were dug by his father. And I tell you right now that when you are lost, there are wells in the wilderness put there by other people, maybe even generations past, that are there for you as a guidepost. There are wells in the wilderness. However you are lost, there is a well in the wilderness that was dug from by our fathers that's there for you to consume. Now that well can come in the form of just, because the well is filled with water and the water is the Holy Spirit. But the wells also are the people who've journeyed that path before. They have wells of water within them from their experiences. This is why sometimes we can't stop people from getting lost. Because what we don't realize about the prodigal son is how about after he came back and like a decade later, he's ministering to other people who's about to go through the same thing. This is why we can't always stop the addict who's going to go on a bender and do his thing. Because we don't know that in 10 years from now, this same addict that you've been begging to stop the livestock is now going to be ministering, is going to be a well of water for others. Everyone here is the lost, and everyone here is the found. And everyone here can experience the finding of a well of water just through relationship and listening to other people's experience. You are wells of water. There was a time when your well was dug and it was empty, but your well is filled with water today for other people to drink from. So if you are lost, Adonai, in his faithfulness, I assure you, has placed wells in the wilderness for you to find your way back. And when you find your way back, there's one thing consistent about these stories of the three that are lost. When you're found, there's rejoicing. There's rejoicing. There's rejoicing on earth and in heaven. When you who are lost are found. So Father, you are so faithful. Lord God, because we're all lost and we all get lost. Whether it's from our own intent, whether it was not from our own intent, or whether we're not really lost at all, but just feel that way. Father, you are faithful to place markers on our journey that will guide us back, will guide you back 
wells in the wilderness, put there by others who've walked that path before for you. And when you come back, we all rejoice. Yeshua said in those parables that angels rejoiced. And the father had a party. The women and her friends had parties. It's heaven and earth rejoices when you find your way home. So thank you, Father. You are faithful, and you will realize that these journeys that you go on when you're lost, you can't avoid them anyway because God has water for you in it. You're lost so you could become a well for others who will be lost in the same way that you are. And don't forget that. Thank you, Father, because we are all lost and we are all found. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him, Yeshua HaMashiach, the iniquity of us all.